0: Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. just about 11 minutes after 8 and here with me in the studio is Emily Lau, staff attorney at the University of Wisconsin's State Democracy Research Initiative and they have a new resource it is 5050 constitutions.org so the um, so, so it's the the u s Constitution has been amended about sixteen times since seventeen ninety one but last year in twenty twenty two u s constitutions were uh state constitutions pardon me were collectively amended nearly seventy uh times, and we don't pay as much attention um um to this uh And, you know, pay little attention to the role state constitutions play in shaping government, promoting democracy, and granting rights. But they are far um, easier to amend than state uh, U.S. constitutions, and they often—the U.S. Constitution. Emily, I am like in— holiday mode here. Mm-hmm. Um, and often reflect the the, the state constitutions, um, often reflect the changing will and interests of the people in ways that the U.S. Constitution does not. Um, Emily, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, so Emily, this is, you know, I, I think actually why I'm, you know, stumbling a bit is this is such a wonky topic. <laughs> um, and I've had a oh, uh, oh my God! Moment about this. As I was preparing for this, I'm glad I I found this. I actually found this at the Brennan Center for Justice website and connected up with the um, the UW State Democracy Research Initiative. Um, because and what drew my attention was just that the states are the battleground. That's where things are happening. And and I've often thought when I've seen amendments on my ballot thinking, oh my God, this is really serious every time we do one of these. So, um, you know, it is a really important topic. So maybe we can start with how accessible um, has it been to, um, you know, track state constitution's activities, their histories, their amendments, has that been easy? Do, are all states equally as accessible? So I think that's one of the big
1: difficulties with studying state constitutions is that they're not equally accessible. Um, So you can definitely find the text of all 50 state constitutions if you type in a Google search, but to the extent to which you can really manipulate that text by doing a search or being able to find information about when and how the Constitution was amended. That really differs from state to state. So you'll see that some states have their constitutions up as non-searchable PDFs. um, And then in some cases, you'll have a really nicely laid out constitution. And so... That's one of the huge issues with studying state constitutions and one of our goals with 50 constitutions is making state constitutions, their amendments and their histories more accessible. And one of the ways that we're doing that is um, with our tracking constitutional change project, which is currently live for Wisconsin and that we're expanding to other states in the coming years. And it basically allows users to see every amendment to a constitution, compare different versions of constitutional provisions, using a track changes feature, learn more about the historical context of major moments in a state's constitutional history, and access additional constitutional research resources. So what we're really hoping to do is to lay out the history of states' constitutions, which in some states means Multiple constitutions, or in the case of Wisconsin, means just the original one from 1848.
0: And at 50 constitutions, and um, that that um, list of things that can be um, searched, can we see the results of the vote? Can we can we can we uh, can we see the breakdown of the vote? Yes,
1: yeah, So that's something that we're currently working on adding for all 50 states. For Wisconsin, you can definitely look at every amendment. You can see how many people voted, the votes for and against the amendment. You can see the date of the election, the date that uh, the amendment became effective. And I think one of the really cool features is that you can choose any date between the time that the Constitution was ratified to today and see exactly what the Constitution looked like on that
0: date. so we have um we've we have a growing um body of information we can find out about the Wisconsin Constitution, its history, its amendments. Why is it important to compare with other states? Can you talk about that feature?
1: Yeah, so being able to compare across the states really highlights some of the ways in which uh, the creation of state constitutions is different from the creation of the United States Constitution. So with state constitutions, there's a really rich history of provisions being borrowed from other states as states have created new constitutions or have learned from other state constitutional conventions when they are first entering the Union. And so, for example, uh, take the Free Elections Clause, there are 27, 27 states constitutions that contain a provision that states that elections shall be free, free and equal, or free and open. And the first state to adopt that was Pennsylvania, and a lot of states borrowed from Pennsylvania. And when you think about... Um, What did the founders intend when they added this provision to a state constitution? Part of that is looking at what they were looking at. And so it's important to know when a state has borrowed a provision from another state or, for example, if North Carolina um, also has a free elections clause, but there's indications that they took theirs directly from the English Bill of Rights, and so they're not really adopting that Pennsylvania history. And so that's one of the ways in which it's important to be able to search across the states and see that there are provisions that are shared
0: between these state constitutions. And, you know, this is a, a nonpartisan project, but I'm thinking for those who are looking at trends, things that they might consider um Moments in history where there's sort of um, amendments that expand democracy, and there might be moments in history and trends where we see uh, contracting of rights. Um, f- folks could use this uh, kind of information to um, take to to examine that, right?
1: Yes. So, something that we've seen is that there are amendments that introduce new kind of barriers to voting. So, for example, there are a lot of states that have adopted photo voter ID amendments. And so that is something that makes it more difficult for people to vote. But in other cases, there have been a lot of times in our history where we've seen states expand the suffrage through constitutional amendments. For example, in Wisconsin. They explicitly expanded the right to vote to women, which is not something that you see in every state constitution, because once the 19th Amendment passed, uh, it wasn't necessarily an issue that states had to deal with.
0: This is, And, and to, to compare states would tell us a lot about just how contested America is, I think, when we look at the history of state constitutions. It would tell us a lot. Yes,
1: it definitely would, and I think that another interesting thing is that it show kind of highlights the different ways in which the um, the current moment impacts the ways in which we think about what our government should be doing for us and i think that one of those ways is in the 1970s there was really this move to introduce environmental amendments in state constitutions and so you see the beginnings of states putting in explicit environmental
0: rights into their state constitutions so say more about that because that that was an example of something that um, you know, had serious consequences recently when states uh, sought to challenge if those amendments have been violated, right? Yes. So seven
1: states' constitutions currently contain explicit protections for the environment, and these environmental provisions have recently been the basis of lawsuits in both Montana and Hawaii. And so in Montana, it was a challenge to two laws that prevented state agencies from considering greenhouse gas emissions and climate change impacts while conducting environmental reviews of proposed projects. And a trial court held that 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 the prohibition on considering greenhouse gas emissions and those corresponding climate change impacts during environmental reviews violated the montana constitution and stated that there is an affirmative duty on the part of the government to promote and realize this constitutional environmental right or take for example Hawaii which held that public utilities the public utilities commission correctly considered emissions as a part of their review of a proposed of a proposed purchasing agreement for a biomass power plant and what we're you're really seeing is that states are seeing that they are facing this existential threat when it comes to climate change and the judiciary has recognized under these environmental protections that the government has a can have a duty to protect these rights when it's put in the constitution, but I think that it. But one of the really interesting things is that uh, you don't necessarily need to see that explicit um, right for a healthful environment that you see in Hawaii or Montana. So take for example Utah and North Carolina, they have right to hunt and fish. They have a right to hunt and fish, which is also a right that Wisconsinites have here. Based in the Constitution, and there have been groups in Utah and North Carolina that have used those right to hunt and fish provisions to make arguments that the government has a duty to conserve um, the environment or cons- or take steps that will conserve the ability to hunt and fish, um, in order to fulfill their duty to promote
0: that right in the Constitution. Wow! So, and uh, so just kind of pressing through this because this is I I, I um just want folks to check out 50constitutions.org or check out the Wisconsin information these are um, the the free elections clauses the environmental clauses have no federal counterpart right yes there's no federal counterpart and not only so 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 it's so, so say 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 more about what then consti- uh, constitutional amendments like these um, tell us about the states. I, 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 I think it tells us about um, sovereignty, those kinds of things, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so it tells us a lot about popular governance. And I think that one of the really amazing things about the ways in which state constitutions get amended is that they always have to go through the people. And so just this past year in Wisconsin, voters decided to vote, uh, de- decided to approve two constitutions. Decided to approve two constitutional amendments and to the Wisconsin com- Constitution. And so there is a, and in other states, there are uh, constitutional citizen-initiated constitutional amendment. So that means that citizens can propose a constitutional amendment and then vote on it and then have it appear in the Constitution. That's not the case here in Wisconsin where a proposed constitutional amendment needs to come from the legislature and be approved by a majority of both the House and the Senate for t- in two consecutive legislative sessions. But it really does reflect the popular will of the people.
0: Now each amendment is new and um is creating a new constitutional moment but they also are used to help interpret existing provisions right of the constitution is that how how you would describe it so
1: i think that there are (laughs) i think some people might be, listeners might be aware that there is some debate about how we interpret uh, constitutional provisions uh, in the U.S. Constitution. And that same argument is kind of, and that same discussion is taking place at the state level. And so it is the case that if you are interested in what in the people who adopted that amendment or that provision were thinking when they adopted it. It's so important to be able to know what the public conversation was when those amendments yes. were being considered. And so that's one way that you can interpret the Constitution and its provisions.
0: And, and that is um, recorded, though, right? The the it, um, It's on the record, correct? So there are some
1: ways where you can think about uh, looking at what people are thinking. And so, one of those resources is voter information guides, what were people saying in newspapers, what were politicians saying. But I think one of the things that we're working on with tracking constitutional change is making those resources more available. And so, And so I think that especially for these really major moments in a state's constitutional history, it can be difficult for you to track down exactly what the conversation was um, and looking through the archives for that information. And so it's not always easily, that record is not always easily accessible. And so part of what we're trying to do is make this information um, easier to access.
0: And, And yet as they are proposed, However, whether by the people, by legislatures, and then when they are interpreted by their state courts, you know, this is the battleground. This is where a lot of action is happening.
1: There is definitely a lot of action happening, and I think that it really does go beyond the courts, though. I think listeners might remember coverage of the governor's partial veto power over the summer, and that's a power that's thanks to an amendment that voters in Wisconsin first approved in 1930. And so there are these huge impacts that stretch back to um, over a hundred years ago or a hundred years ago that have impact on our daily lives here in Wisconsin.
0: So if you wanted to search the amendments, do you have them in categories of types? Like, you know, what, how do you, what, what terms do you use to search? So for instance, if I wanted to search, you know, governor's powers or if I wanted to, you know, search um, uh, voting mm-hmm. um, exclusion, how, how do you search the right. amendments?
1: So we're hoping to add more filtering options in the future. Right now, it's a very simple search function. You can search by the entire United States or a specific constitution. But if, for example, you are interested in learning more about voting, I would type in vote or suffrage. Um, You can even type in for all 50 states' right to vote, and you'll pull up a bunch of different provisions related to the right to vote in um, state constitutions. Uh, Another way to think about to learn more about the, a constitution would be to just pull up the index. And so if you were to go to um, 50constitutions.org slash WI and you clicked on... Um, explore by provision, you can expand a full index and see all of the titles of the different sections and articles in the Wisconsin Constitution, which would kind of help you give like a high-level overview or map of the Constitution and, and where you could find things or different search terms that you could use. So this
0: 50constitutions.org, um, 50constitutions.org, is it just for researchers?
1: we imagine it more as a tool for everyone or, or anyone to get to know their constitution better i think that there are a lot of interesting provisions that are that are part of your daily life and i think that It's important for people to know more about their state constitutions, especially when they're going to be voting on uh, potential amendments. So take next year in April, for example, there are going to be two more amendments to the state constitution that are going to be on the ballot here in Wisconsin. And so part of voting on these amendments should probably be knowing more about the amendment as it currently exists and what it currently says and what rights or what prohibitions are currently in the text already.
0: Do you... um Post alerts um, at the website that something is pending. So that's not something that our website does.
1: (laughs) I think that um, one really great resource that people might be interested in looking into is Ballotpedia. They do track all pending uh, constitutional amendments that people are going to be voting
0: on. So, so in so what? What do you think is the the the? Most valuable reason to have something like fifty constitutions that or right.
1: So I think that the most valuable reason why people should be paying attention to to constitutions is that these are documents that are changing all the time and have huge impacts on how government is conducted or how you are able to participate in government. And so, There are just all of these provisions that are worth knowing about. So, for example, the Constitution is the reason why we vote on judges here in Wisconsin when they're appointed at the federal level and other states appoint them. And it's the reason why municipalities can only take on a certain amount of debt in order to fund public projects. Um, And so I think that it's just really important for people to be able to access that information about their government to know that this is a document that governs their daily lives and be able to access that information so that they can be more aware, but also be empowered to become involved in this constitutional process that we are taking part of um, every single year.
0: Emily Lau is a staff attorney at the University of Wisconsin State Democracy Research Initiative, and we're talking about a new resource, 550constitutions.org. Emily, it's so great to talk with you this morning. It's been really interesting. I know we have listeners who follow these things closely, but I think this is should be a mainstream thing. I think we should all be following this really closely regularly often all the mm-hmm. time as frequently as possible thank you thank you Emily Lau for joining me this morning
1: thank you for having me it's